0: you know what that sound means it means one of three things it's either easter it's april fool's day or it's time for how you play the game, the official podcast of the Oster Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong with you. Happy to be with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned.
1: So we're gonna use that, right? We're gonna use that. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's going
0: on there. Uh, okay. In fact, that's on there right now, is oh. what the people are thinking we are hearing. That we right just now. said I just right said now.
1: Everything that is, is happening now, now
0: is happening now. now. Right now. Right now okay I'll prepare ship for ludicrous speed <laughs> speaking of ludicrous speed across the way the producer engineer mr. Sean Ryan Sean hello hey buddy hey what's happening I am ludicrous uh, yeah <laughs> that's why we're here together this is the first episode of April the year 2018 and by the time you're hearing this baseball has begun and life is is beautiful
1: finally ah uh,
0: spring is maybe here
1: i don't know it just snowed yesterday yeah. or two days ago it's on just, the first day of spring yeah it's we uh, get uh what a foot of snow uh,
0: if that remember they they really botched that uh that prediction yeah uh, you know so it uh, melted pretty quick yes too. yes thank god the temperatures are going to be reasonable over yeah. the next couple of weeks yeah. so far we should have a we should have a weather report we probably should did I ever tell you... Let's the, extend the yeah, length of the podcast exists, longer it's, than it's, it already is. It's not long enough, as we look at each other very awkwardly. Yeah. Did um, I mm-hmm. ever tell you the story about, uh, about uh, the, the, the weather forecast and uh, my communication with Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live? No. So, uh, whenever I open the weather app on my phone, there's always an ad or something that starts off with the phrase, breaking news. Right and uh, I I can't everything's breaking. I out. can't read that without thinking of, um, Kevin Roberts, the 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 uh, character oh, yeah. that <laughs> Mikey Day helped create before David S. Pumpkins and well, not, Larry David, right? Yeah, and yeah. without thinking, breaking news: <laughs> Kevin Roberts just got to second base <laughs> with a lady. So I actually tweeted that at Mikey at one point, and he actually said. Kevin Roberts needs to be a guest weatherman on the Weather Channel and do something like Breaking news! Kevin Roberts sees two feet of snow coming your way! (laughs) Everyone get inside for a party with the ladies! (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) It was uh, good. It's, yeah. Great. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus. All right, so here we are talking about sportsmanship yet again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got a lot of good stuff to get to today. I'll tell you why I really like today's episode. The stuff that we're going to talk about in this Fortnite in Sportsmanship is so intricate that it kind of is. It's one of, these, one of the first episodes I think we've done where we're focusing probably a little bit more time and energy on the current events. Than on the topic itself, not that the topic. I itself, was going to say that because When you emailed yeah. me the
1: list of stuff that were that was going in pre-production, I was like, "This is we're going to spend more time on this than we're actually going to spend on the main topic." The topic itself is still an interesting topic. Yeah, it's
0: not it's not that it's not an, uh, a a bad topic or anything, but
1: it's more of a lighthearted exactly. Topic.
0: And you'll you'll start to see, hopefully, depending upon how much we can change in the world, that uh, some of these more uh, broad topics are going to be on our blog, the Strike Zone mm-hmm. at osipfoundation.org/slash/the strike zone, uh, and the more specific current event topics are going to be here on the podcast because they are time sensitive. So hopefully, that's you know kind of the direction that we're going a little bit. But we got a ton to get to, so why don't we just get it rolling right off the bat? <clears throat> Great. Uh, <clears throat> do, you, do you have a preference of which one you'd like
1: to start with, my friend? Just the 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 one like the list you sent me. We'll just go straight down. All right,
0: I'll save the longest one for last because that one required me to print about eighty pages. <laughs> I, I I I kid you not. That's why bold. don't you just
1: have it all on your iPad so you're not printing out. Because this is funnier, apparently. Okay, and it sounds like you're ruffling papers, and, I, exactly. and it makes you look see, like yeah, it as makes as, you.
0: Am I doing this loud enough? The the the, the, the pages near the microphone thing. Yeah, it thing? makes you
1: it makes you seem more official. Exactly,
0: exactly. And of course, the rest of the stuff I printed in the wrong order. Um, that's fine. That's fine. We'll be fine. We're, fine. we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine.
1: Okay. You want me to hold some of those? No, we're good. Okay, we're
0: good. we'll be fine. Why don't we start with this one? this is the one that you sent me that kind of encapsulates what we talked about on our first episode. Yes. Oh, this what, is, wasn't that great? This is fantastic, okay? Frank Martin is the head basketball coach at uh, USC, University of South Carolina, okay? Right. And he had right. a press conference where a, a clip of, of his conference made it to the internet, and it was outstanding. Now, I'm not watching Frank Martin on a regular basis. So it was mm-hmm. news to me to find out he's kind of animated as a coach. So mm-hmm. that in itself, we're going to put that aside for a second. Right. What, what, what Martin went on to talk about is the fact that when, when, when his kids are playing basketball, he refuses to get involved and, and, and out coach the coaches that, you know, or, or you know, overstep his bounds. He's not going to let his kids come complain to him. He says, you got to talk to your coach about that. That's mm-hmm. not on me. Right. He has a lot more empathy for officials. Yep. I mean, the, the the list of stuff that he talked
1: about was amazing. What got me the most was when he mentioned officials aren't thinking about how can I screw over these this, ten year olds this, these yeah. 10 year olds like yep. that's exactly what you said uh-huh word almost word for word exactly
0: <laughs> like you know I've got I've got the article here uh I'm trying to think of what's what's uh, da, 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 da. says he says he's in, in this incident uh he was seated, seated quali- quietly in the stands watching a basketball game the USC men's basketball coach was doing so in Charlotte recently preparing to watch his 10 year old son Christian play in his club basketball game. Before the game got going, a parent from an earlier game charged onto the court to berate an official in front of the 9-year-old players. Martin pulled out his phone and documented the madness in a tweet. And the, the, the caption to the tweet with, the, with the, the, the video that he took reads, Doesn't fail. I walk into a gym to watch my son's 5th grade team play and the game before is going on. It's a 4th grade game. A parent ran on the court losing their mind. Then we wonder why young kids don't act right. Hashtag Please don't blame kids. And he says yeah. in the in the uh, in the c- press conference, "quote I've seen it multiple times now. Parents walking on the court, going after a ref, saying all kinds of obscenities and just threatening ways. I've seen parents start fights in the stands." End quote. He he employs a, a a very passionate style of coaching. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, he he does disagree a fair amount, but we're going to put that aside for a second because. Of, as I turn the page, there's this giant picture of him just looking right at me. Uh So, as I'm looking at this beyond the picture, which is a very uh, flattering picture, I might (laughs) add, he says worsening sideline behavior is a problem that might soon become a public safety threat for other fans. The only solution might be for organizations to hire off duty police officers to keep order. Uh, he said he officiated youth games when he was younger, coached high school basketball in his native Miami and served as an assistant and now head coach at major college programs. The problem with questioning authority isn't limited to basketball and includes other youth sports and education. He said, and he believes it's getting worse. Quote, it's not a basketball thing. It's a societal thing where we're always questioning authority. We feel it's our responsibility to get loud and create a scene, especially in front of young kids. When kids see that they think they can question authority as well. End quote. Says here, uh, he also he goes on to say, a parent who has an issue with a referee or another adult who has authority over their child should talk one-on-one in private. He offered an example of parent-teacher conferences versus a parent undercutting a teacher's stature by confronting the teacher in front of a student. Uh, let's see here. He says here, at a church league game a couple of years ago, he watched two adults face off at mid-court as if preparing to fight. <laughs> Uh, He said he had to huddle the bewildered eight-year-old children on each team to one side until the feud blew over. That's... That's nothing short of ridiculous, right? Yeah. I mean, the video, I think, says it best. Right. So I would encourage people to try and find this video if they can. But it is... I mean, I, 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 I I think I speak for you, too, when I say it was a breath of fresh air to see someone in his stature coming out and saying that. Yeah. You know, I'd like to believe that maybe he can change his ways next on the sideline as the coach. He doesn't need to be so uh, enthusiastically passionate over a game and how he coaches and whatnot, at least not in a way that's going to... Negatively Exactly, impact. Exactly, Uh you can, you can be boisterous without being negative. Right. You know, but... Uh, that was- I just felt that just hit home it did it absolutely did yeah. he, he's he's spot on you know so so kudos to him and mm-hmm. uh and I hope that uh I hope that more people can can understand that message and when we get to some of these other stories here we're gonna see applications where that's not necessarily the case oh so okay as we continue on um another interesting uh thing that we have is we have uh, a couple of articles from spring training from um from from umpires actually Hmm. we got a lot of access this year to umpires who you know as they're working spring spring training were able to give interviews and whatnot and through those interviews
1: we weren't able to um Access we weren't we didn't have before exactly exactly. okay I did read some of that not a lot Yeah, yeah
0: to get an interview with an umpire can be rare and I think what has happened is the the NBA refs have started using things like Twitter to get their message out and so MLB umpires are starting to use that and I think. The union in general is now starting to realize that if they want more people to be on their side or at least empathize with them, they need to they need to give a little bit more of a look into the life of the umpire, you know, so that they can realize what's going on and Humanizes exactly. them Exactly. Like when, when you humanize them like that, now all of a sudden they're not going to necessarily come off as the bad guy. Right. So we got a bunch of different articles here. Hmm. Um, Kerwin Danley who's a major league umpire, he actually has the distinction of playing college baseball with Tony Gwynn. Hmm. And he was at first base when Tony Gwynn got his 3,000th hit in Montreal, I believe, and they shared a hug on wow. the field, which was nice. And then when they had the All-Star game in San Diego in 2016, Kerwin Danley was assigned to work first base, I think as like a, a little symbolic homage to where he was when, uh, when Tony Gwynn got his three thousandth hit. How about so? That? I think there was a little bit of serendipity huh. work in there. Um, but um, Danley, did they
1: make that known? At I the don't. Time? Th- I don't think they made
0: it known at the time. But okay. you know, if you if you take a look at that, you can kind of connect the dots a little hmm. bit. So Kerwin Danley was working with um, uh, former MLB pitcher Latroy Hawkins, and they mm-hmm. were talking at the um, the MLB Dream Series, which is a new program for uh, high school kids during the off season. Okay. And, um, I
1: think you may have mentioned, did I that mention before. this?
0: So anyway, uh, when a question came up about complaining about balls and strikes and things that and, uh, like that. And, um, he said that pitching coaches are the first to yell hitting coaches. Usually don't hear that much unless you're having a bad day, then you hear from them. Um, but I think that, um, there, you know, in that conversation with with uh, Latroy Hawkins, you know, they talk about how there's no real home team for these umpires and whatnot, and you know, so there's a there's a again there's a bit of, a bit of humanity. So the next story after Kerwin Danley is with uh, Mike McClinsky, um, who's from probably from looks like he might be from the Ohio area because it was an Ohio um, affiliate that uh, that shadowed him and did a story on him. And, uh, you know, quotes that you took from it were things like, you know, we prepare every day to get every call right. Realistically, that's not going to happen. So it's a good thing to be able to fix the big errors, especially when it comes to a decision that affects the outcome of a game. Um, And then finally, you've got uh, an interview that uh, a local station did with Tim Timmons down in Mm -hmm. Florida. You know, and Tim said things like, you know, concerning the villainy of the umpire, he says, quote, the jeers pay the bills. You know, it's a tough gig, but someone's got to do it.
1: He's you know? a veteran, right? Yeah, he's a veteran. Okay.
0: Um, they both, both he and McClinsky were talking about how you know the major downside is the time spent away from family. You know, you're on the road. I think, I think the the rule is you can't be on the road more than seven weeks without taking time off, hmm. and they get mandatory time off that they have to take and
1: whatnot. So, almost you know. that that almost doesn't seem like enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah. Of working. Well,
0: I mean that's. You get seven weeks in a row, and then, you know, I think it's like two weeks off, something like that. Oh you know? well, okay. Or now, the other thing that they do too is sometimes they'll consider time off being, um, like when you do replay, you know, because crews are assigned to New York to do to sit in the replay booth and offer, you know, uh, the the, the what am I thinking of here? The, you know, the, the instant replay mm-hmm. looks and whatnot. So, right. Cause they're the ones making the calls. Yeah. You know, it's not like there's just some, some nerd in New York sitting there saying, no, he was out. No, they have real umpires in there, okay. you know, who are doing it. Hmm. Um, so that's a, that's another major thing that we're getting. And then finally, uh, we got a lot of access to Ted Barrett, who's another veteran. Right. Um, who, if you don't know who Ted Barrett is, look him up. Not only is he a professional umpire, uh, but he is a amateur boxer, used to spar with Evander Holyfield. Wow. Uh, and he is an ordained reverend. I believe he has his master's in theology or th- master's in divinity. Hmm. You know? Um, so well, there's a lot of... He's, he's, he knows his stuff, okay? Um, yeah. They did, they did a couple of different things with him. Like, for example... Uh, there was uh, one interview actually, this, this I thought was the coolest thing. Jose Moda, who works for the Los Angeles Angels, actually mm-hmm. did an in-game interview with him in between innings. And he went down onto the field and interviewed him and just, you know, asked him a bunch of questions and whatnot, gave very candid answers. It was, it was absolutely fantastic, hmm. you know? It's um, you know, down to earth. Exactly. He so said, God bless you and everything at the end. Just, oh. you know, just really loves people. So Ted Barrett then goes on to do another interview with ESPN, and they ask him a bunch of different questions, like they were asking about the the changes to the the mound visits this year. Mm -hmm. You know, so shortening the game exactly. Um, But you know they're they're he's you know they're trying to make sure that everyone's on the same page with it. Uh Um, They're still trying to figure out exactly what constitutes a mound visit. Uh, let's see here Da-da-da-da-da. remember
1: that thing you said to you uh, what was it the 10 10 questions that were asked to umpires coaches yeah and, yeah and
0: Aaron Boone got 1 out of 10
1: and <laughs> and you're like what constitutes a mound visit right and it's crossing the first baseline the foul right? line yeah. yeah
0: so Ted Barrett goes on to talk about things like uh, you know feelings on replay pitch clock uh, you know, getting your calls overturned. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, what What about arguments with managers, they ask, because it's, and how the arguments have changed because of replay? You know, and he has to say, you know, look, I'm more of the messenger. Um, and a lot of managers say, I know it's not your call. i just upset about what they're seeing in New York. Um, and I think he, he goes on to talk also about uh, things like Post analysis and accountability. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people think that there's no accountability for umpires, and the fact of the matter is that there are. There right. is. You know, he says there's technology. We're, we are evaluated on every single call, balls and strikes, safe and outs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So he's also talking about things like, um, you know, can you have a weakness on certain pitches as you're trying to call balls and strikes? And mm-hmm. again, it's a it's a never ending self analysis.
1: It's like perspective, exactly. And you know, think,
0: am I missing? you know, this, the outside pitch, am I just not seeing it? What, what do I need to do to call that better? Uh, they go on to talk about the Twitter account.
1: Um, let me ask you a question about that. Um, about, well, with umpires in general, when they're training, right, right. Is there a certain program that they use to like, like, like a simulation where they have to look at a a strike zone and analyze pitches? Like, are they trained in a certain way? Does it, to detect speed and I'm sure there's something
0: that they can use computer wise to help them with that. But to be completely honest with you, it doesn't matter what there is. The best way to do it is just to track pitches. Is just Mm. to just, you know, like I remember seeing Ted Barrett in the world series in 2015. Um, he would, you know, during off days, he would go to, you know, whatever local minor league camp there was, or in Arizona, if there was an Arizona, Fall league game or something, and he would just go to the bullpen, put the mask on, and just watch pitches from behind the catcher. He's not calling them balls and strikes; just just watching and hmm. training your eyes to watch the pitches hmm. and say, "Okay, how are these pitches coming in?" You know, imagine a batter. What you know? What's too high? What's too low? You know? Because once that batter steps in, it almost becomes easier at that point because now you have.
1: Point of reference. The point of
0: reference for the top and the bottom of the strike zone. Elbows and knees. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, midpoint here, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, just, it's 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 just something that you can't do without hmm. doing it. Yeah, you know, um, that's why this this season is so rough for me. All of my scrimmages have been snowed out. You know, so I have not yet had a game behind the plate where I can track pitches. Mm. And then you know, you can't just you know, you're going to throw me behind there for regular season games right away. Good luck. Yeah. You know. Um, a couple of other stories that he shared. Uh, they asked him, what about the fans? Do you hear the taunting? And he says, I try to block it out. My brother was an actor. He called it the fourth wall. You just pretend like they're not there. It's worse in the minors when it's nickel beer night and they're just wearing you out. You want to go up into the stands and go <laughs> Nic- after them. Nickel. Yeah. Nickel beer night? Yeah. Nickel? Goes, nickel. Well, you know. Like 19, 1930 Sure, something? let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with that he go, here's a story that you're gonna you're, you're gonna laugh, cry, feel good, feel bad the whole thing you ready yeah he goes here's a story from the miners. I was working with Bill Miller who's also an MLB umpire and we had to play at third and the game and as we were leaving the field some fan sticks his glasses in our face and starts yelling you'll need these okay So they take the glasses and whip them into the dugout like just reach grab them out of his hand just throw them mm-hmm. okay. And we're kind of laughing, like, yeah, way to go. You know, that's, you know, kind of show we showed you. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we see the guy, and he has a walker, and he's trying to find his glasses. Oh, no. Yeah, just talk about feeling like, you know, he says, we felt about one inch tall. Wow. But I guess the question then becomes, why is a guy with a walker treating umpires Taunting like this? You. Yeah, like, it's, oh, God. It's a, it's a rough one, let's say that. Yeah. Now, here's a, here's a good one. Ready? Mm-hmm. He says, here's a great interaction with a manager. This is when he had to throw out former Dodgers manager Jim Tracy. He said, Paul Leducca was catching, and he had two plays at the plate. Leducca was giving me crap on both of them. So Tracy comes out and he's ha- ha- and says he had a perfect angle on both of them and knew I was right, but you have to throw me out. So he's yelling and screaming, and I throw him out. And he goes to kick ch- kick the chalk, mm-hmm. and he stubbed his toe. So he comes hobbling out. The manager to, did. Yeah. He comes hobbling out to home plate the next day and says, "This is what I get for putting on a show. I broke my toe." Did he really? He really did. <laughs> Again, talk about you got to get thrown out to appease your players mm-hmm. and your fans and whatnot. Oh my God! Well, Just, didn't Lou Pinella do that? Oh, all course. the time. Yeah, they all do. Yeah, they yeah. all do. Remember the story from with Dale Scott? Oh yeah. Where he, he puts his hand over his mouth and he asks, Are, "Is this a real argument or is this a, a show?" You know, and he <laughs> and he keeps the hand over his mouth so he doesn't laugh. You know,
1: that is that's so great.
0: Um. And then the only other one I thought that was interesting, again, talk about humanizing umpires. They asked him, do you focus on officiating when you watch other sports? And he goes, yeah, it's really a pain. It's kind Hmm. of ruined sports for me. I used to love watching the NBA, and now all I do is watch the refs. I go to Arizona Coyotes games while he's in spring training, and he just watches the officials. Hmm. You know, And he says it's amazing how they avoid pucks. But it's just, I love the fact that we're getting umpires to be humanized a little bit Mm -hmm. and, and no one better than Ted Barrett who also runs a charity called calling for Christ, which is a nonprofit Christian umpire group Mm -hmm. that uh, a friend of mine went to a couple of their retreats and whatnot. It's just very, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, the goal is, you know, these guys who are in the minors have horrible lives you know, on the road all the time, away from families, not a lot of money, driving from city to city. Very easy to get depressed, anxious, uh, caught up in the wrong things, whether it be drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's through this type of group that they try and make sure that umpires stay on the straight and narrow, and you know, or at least the the sensibility, straight and narrow, saying you know it's okay if you you're 21 and you want to have a drink, but don't have seven drinks and then try and go and call it balls and strikes, right? You know. So I thought that that was very, very interesting hmm. um, and I and I encourage people to try and and humanize officials in any sport, regardless of the level regardless of the sport, because it it, it changes the way you look at the game and maybe it maybe your focus suddenly becomes more of you know I can focus on my team more and root for my team rather than have to worry about whether or not an umpire is going to make a bad call or I don't know. I'm just kind of riffing here on that, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's, I, I thought it was incredibly important. Now here's the third story. That's a very good one. Young fan brought to tears after getting a stick from, and I'm going to screw up this Russian name, Pavel Buchnevich, 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 Buchnevich who's now on the Rangers. Um, but uh, he was, I, I forget what team he was on before this. Um, but he, he a, a kid went to a Rangers game with his old jer- his old team's jersey on and was like rooting for him as he was just going through shoot around. So Pavel, after the shoot around, goes up and hands his stick over the glass to the kid. Wow! And they they high fived and, and and after the ga- after after game after ju- no not even after the game just before after the, the shoot around before he went back into the locker oh. during pregame gives him the stick high fives him. Kids overcome with emotion. Wow. Just just that kind of stuff. It is the simplest thing. And you make a kid's day. You make you make a fan for life. You know, how how difficult is that Mm -hmm. to to do nice stuff like that? Right. You know? Now for the unfortunate stuff. We have, as I'm trying to pull it up here on my iPad because it's breaking news. And I just kind of paused there as we are
1: Kevin Roberts. I was just going to
0: say. We just found out that um, Red Sox pitcher Stephen Wright has been suspended 15 games for violating the domestic abuse policy of Major League Baseball, which is uh, a shame. But uh, it is what it is. Um, The good news, if there's any, is that he's agreed not to appeal the suspension and that he is going to do some charitable work and donate some money and time and whatnot to uh, services that uh, help prevent this and provide aid and assistance to people who are victims. So, and he, in his statement, he said he was sorry, he wants to move on, yada, yada, yada. So, mm. but that's, that's the new one that just came down. Just uh, today. Just today, moments before we started recording. Mm. Um, now, here's a good one. This happened, I think it was Thursday. We, we had a pretty quiet spring training so far. There were really no ejections until Thursday. Normally, <laughs> Gotta have. You, nor, you know, it's rare to have ejections in spring training. You might have one or two over the course of the spring. And we were on a roll with none going into the final full week. And we almost made it to opening day. And then in a game between the Detroit Tigers and Philadelphia Phillies, Home plate umpire Tom Hallion decided to eject five people for five people, five people for plunking, throwing at batters. Tom Hallion, by the way, if you don't know, uh, has one of the coolest uh, strike three mechanics, where he rotates so hard and so with so much torque, it's amazing. He does not have like a spinal or neck injury as he calls people out on strike three.
1: Off the check, it's that really out.
0: kind of funny uh, when, when you see it. He, it's I, I can't even imitate it. It's just like, yeah,
1: it, it looks like a dinosaur almost
0: <laughs> a really, really weird dinosaur. Wow. But anyway, here's what happened uh, Tigers pitcher Matthew Boyd decided to throw at Philly's center fielder Odubal Herrera. Okay. Okay. Um, it was to the point where Herrera was stepping out of the box, I think it, was, it might have been like a three oh count you know, just kind of stepping out as the pitch was coming in, he was taking a strike. The pitch went over his head and came a little too close that it was like scary.
1: Hmm.
0: He gets back in the box, and the next pitch actually does hit him in the head, not in the head in the jersey in the in in the in the stomach area hmm. um, so Hallian immediately ejected matthew Boyd uh, and Matthew Boyd, I believe if i'm Just trying to find this here. Yeah. Matthew Boyd's uh, last ejection came on April 22nd of last year when he was ejected for throwing at somebody. So uh, he was like in disbelief, like laughing in disbelief as he was walking off the field, couldn't believe that he was being ejected for that. Based upon that and his, uh, his previous ejections of throwing at people, I have zero sympathy for Matthew Boyd and he got what he deserved.
1: And what happened to make him throw at
0: I don't know. There n- there was nothing in any <coughs> of the write-ups in any of the highlights that provided any type of Was there a, a history between We don't a, a du- a, nothing. A there double? was there was absolutely nothing. If there was, I'm unaware of it. Because normally these write-ups, these reviews have some sort of
1: that's what's so puzzling about Reference.
0: this. I know, right now, unless something happened that game, that was just wasn't referenced.
1: So the first pitch went just over his head, into the went, back, into the backstop. Right. It was the three zero pitch, I think. So he
0: he had worked the count to three zero, and then that happened, and then hit him next. I think. I, I well, wait honestly. a
1: minute. Well, then why didn't he go on three zero? Why I didn't had, he go to first? Wasn't Oh, you're right. So maybe Wouldn't it was 2-0. Been... You're
0: right. So maybe it wasn't the 3-0. I don't remember. I have to go back and watch. I honestly I'm just don't I'm I'm sorry. I'm just you're trying right. to
1: figure I'm just trying to figure this out because I don't remember I do not remember the It's weird because the first pitch went over his head. Yeah. And then he Let me
0: see what let me see if it, Oh, you know what? Okay, hold on a second. Let me see if it says right here.
1: And the next It was it was a two one pitch that went over his head. Okay. Okay. When would you not to be, you know sadist about this but when would it be a good time to plunk i mean i know never but, right Let's but when would it
0: be strategically if you're trying to send a message you try and hit a guy right away right okay that's what i was thinking
1: that would, you, that's what i would
0: think. most ball players are not smart like throw enough. away
1: the throw away the
0: right most ball players are not smart enough to say oh i've got i'm down three oh in the count now's the time to hit somebody right normal I, I I hate to cast this net, but a lot of athletes are dumb oh. so that's okay. probably very unsportsmanlike of me to say but <laughs> i'm I mean but I'm sorry, but I mean, if you're
1: plunking someone for no reason, that's pretty dumb yeah
0: exactly so yeah uh because it, it was the three one pitch that hit him, so it was a two one pitch that sailed over his head, and the three one pitch hit him, which um Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. Replays indicate the pitch was low-key... Okay. The 0-1 pitch was the one that sailed above his head. Hmm. So it was the second pitch he saw that sailed above his head. And then it was the 3-1 pitch that hit him.
1: That seems kind of odd. It does seem it? odd, but... Like, you, you go through three pitches and you're saying... All right, now I'm gonna re- now. Now I'm angry again right. for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, let me focus for these three. Let me try hitting him, and then let me go three pitches by actually trying. Maybe that was his then... way of trying to <laughs> trick the umpires and
0: saying I'm not actually throwing at him. You know, yeah. in a weird Maybe twisted way, you might be right. But that's, this,
1: that's, it's crazy. That's nuts. It's I,
0: I'm so who else got ejected? Okay, then? so that was the first ejection. Okay, this was all during the same game. During the same game. So that was in the fifth inning. Okay. In the eighth inning, okay. In the eighth inning, Phillies pitcher Parker Frazier hit uh, center fielder Derek Hill. Now, this is the one where I feel like there's actually a legitimate gripe because Parker Frazier is a kid who's been in the minor leagues for eleven years and never broke into the big leagues. Yeah, sure, maybe he could, you know, be trying to send a message, protect a player or something like that. But if you watch the replay, the pitch that he hit him with was a slider, okay? It was an inside slider that was trying to back up over the plate, and it just happened to nick his leg. The reason that you can can have an exception here is if you're going to try and hit a guy, you're hitting him with a fastball. Right. You're hitting him with your, your hardest fastball. You're intentionally... You're not You're not going to try and hit a guy with a curveball... You're not going to finesse. ...with a change-up, right. okay? So, he got tossed for that, and since warnings had been issued, not only was the pitcher tossed, but manager Gabe Kapler automatically had to go as well. Hmm. After warnings are issued, the manager has to be ejected anytime another player is ejected for that, that kind of stuff. Hmm. So then, in the ninth inning... Uh, Phillies pitcher Pedro Biato hit Tigers right fielder uh, Dylan Rosa with a fastball. And that one was obviously, that probably had some intent. So not only did he get ejected, but bench coach and acting manager at that point, Rob Thompson, the former Yankee, had to be ejected as well.
1: So it just go, go down the line. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. So five ejections. What still puzzles me is that first one, though. Yeah. There's no history between the... the Not that we're aware of. With Matthew Boyd and... Yep. Uh, I don't get
0: that. I don't get it either. The only thing... I'm not a detective by any sense of the imagination other than all the Bond movies that I watch, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can draw a conclusion from the fact that his last ejection last year was from throwing at somebody. Matthew was it, Boyd's.
1: Was it against the same team? No. I don't think it was. I can't. I, 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 you know, that's weird.
0: It's just weird. The final thing that I'd like to discuss in this Fortnite in sportsmanship. A man named Augie Garrido. Garrido. Okay. However, I don't know how you pronounce it. Garrido? Garrido. Garrido. Garrido Valley? Like from Zelda? Maybe. Huh. Or not. <laughs> wow, uh, we need help. <laughs> Augie Garrido was the head baseball coach at Texas. Okay, okay, and he unfortunately passed away on March 15th at the age of 79 uh, in uh, Newport Beach, California.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, he was a very beloved coach by from a lot of people. Uh, however, What struck me was that if you go on Facebook and you look at a page that's kind of popular, MLB Memes, they posted one of his famous rants uh, in honor of him. Go on and watch this rant because... And don't have the kids around because the amount of... Um, A lot of four-letter words. Yeah, it's not good, okay? Um, The meme was posted on the 16th, the day after he died. The meme, the meme, the, the video, if you watch it, shows that in that particular season, what he did was he went on this tirade that was caught on video. And then his team went, I think, undefeated the rest of the year what and won, year, and what won year the championship. That would have been. Give me one second here. I
1: have it. It looked yeah, fairly recent. Yeah, it
0: was. 2000, they, were the, they were the College World Series champions in both 2002 and 2005. So oh, okay. it would have been one
1: of those years. Oh, wow. All right. So not, not too recent. Right. Yeah. Regional World
0: Series, regional. Yeah. So that would have been, it would have been one of those years. Okay. As I'm scrolling through the comments on this video, I'm getting sick reading what I'm reading from these people who are commenting. It is nothing short of an indictment on our society what people are writing, especially not just in response to what this video holds, but also what some people who are trying to express you know, valid opinions about how wrong what this man did is. Um I mean the fact of the matter is that you whether you're a coach or not, you don't talk to people the way that this guy talked to right. people in this video. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can be upset. Part of being a coach is motivating and putting people in the in the best position to win. Um you can express disappointment to, to people without raising your voice and doing it in a way that's destructive. Uh, I know as a coach myself uh, in previous years that, you know, the only time I really have to ever raise my voice is, is when a situation gets so far out of hand that there's no other option. Uh, and when that happens, I, I try not to use profanity or anything like that because I want to get my point across. Mm -hmm. Um, but what this coach did in this video was absolutely ludicrous. Um, and as I was preparing this, I, found, I actually found this on Twitter uh, from uh, Positive Coach USA. Um, nine signs of a good youth sport coach. And let's mm-hmm. be real. College kids are still kids. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, even if they're 18 or older, they're not professional. The, the only quote-unquote payment they might be getting is the scholarship that they're there for. So you're still in charge of youth. Okay? The, the, the nine signs of a good youth sport coach. Number one, help athletes to learn life lessons from sport. Two, you're the first and last person at training and games. Three, work together with athletes to set team and individual goals. Four, listen to players' thoughts and opinions. Five, develop a positive rapport with players. Six, don't interfere with referees. Seven, <laughs> Understand that there is more to sport than winning. Eight, support, encourage, motivate, and inspire players. And nine, win and lose graciously. Well, that last one is uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so sort of on display here. So what I did, I wanted to print out all of the comments and, and read a, a sample of oh, them. Oh, is
1: that what the 80-page thing is?
0: It's close. I couldn't get all the comments because the amount of comments that I wanted to get were... There were, at the time I did this, over 2,800 comments. Oh, you can't. And I'm not going to get that on 80 pages. What I was able to do with 80 pages, here's what I did. I took the top comment and I took all the replies to that top comment. And I printed all of those out on these 80 pages. Okay? Okay. And I'd like to read some selections from them in order to provide examples. Now, I'm obviously going to have to edit some of this because uh, I can't say some of these words on the podcast. The top comment was from a man named Andrew Oliver. And Andrew Oliver says in response to this video, quote, This is why I hate organized sports. Reminds me of when I played basketball in high school. I have very little respect for the yelling. Then the blank says, I totally failed you guys, while yelling at them as if it's their fault. So Mm -hmm. ultimately, if you watch the video, at the end of the video, he's like, he's yelling and he says, yeah, I failed you guys. It's my fault and whatnot. Um, I have to put a quick caveat in. Throughout these 80 pages, Andrew Oliver does respond with some less-than-sporting responses to the people who provoke him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't call Andrew Oliver a saint here. However, I understand where he's coming from. Mm. Okay? kind of goes back to the whole Chris Rock bit on uh, O.J. Simpson, where he says, I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, in response to Andrew Oliver, here's what we what we get. Wolf Wrangel says, quote, this was how I was coached when I was a kid. I got better as a result of it. Kids nowadays don't have this and it's unfortunate. They hear growing up, quote, it's okay, you'll get them, uh, get, get them better next time. Now we're talking about horrible grammar. <sighs> now everyone is a sensitive blank. A man named Derek Schaefer comments, quote, He's not coaching Little League. This is the college level. Sometimes you need a good blank chewing to wake you you up and get your head back in the fight. When you're 18 plus and can't take a blank chewing when you screw up, well, that's where all these blank in life come from, wearing their feelings on their sleeves. Uh, Perform or expect this. I love it and wish we had more men like him. Andrew Oliver replies, It's not war. It's a game. The coach is more worried about getting paid, which is true. Mm-hmm. People respond to being bullied, but it's not the best form of mind control to use. This teaches us to respect blank and to think having self control is weak. And to be fair, yeah, maybe this coach is worried about getting paid because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in collegiate athletics, uh, athletic departments look for results in uh, victories. Marry. Rather than yeah. things like how many kids did we graduate? What kind of experiences did we right. have? And the best one, which I think is the best way to, 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 or a better way to evaluate it, how much money are you getting donated back to your program because of these people? Right. You know? Not that, again, and I don't subscribe to that, but in it's a whole a re- other topic. Exactly. From,
1: it's an, it's a, that's another uh, sportsmanship. Uh. <laughs> to,
0: to, to continue, mm-hmm. a person named Nello Sabato says, quote, you get cut from the team, buddy. It teaches you to learn from your losses and mistakes. Getting yelled at once and a while isn't going to kill you. It makes you work hard to not happen again. Then a man named Eric Edwards comments, "Quote, show us on the doll where your past coach hurt you." Andrew Oliver responds, Well, I guess it wouldn't feel so great if I yelled at all those here supporting the coach who admittedly is the one actually at fault. It's just mind control. It's not that impressive to me. Derek Schaefer then responds, Yeah, it's just that man's job and livelihood to win. I'm sure you have a job where showing up alone is enough to merit a raise, but as a college or professional coach, you are paid to win. Period. The end. If a bunch of kids put your family's lifestyle in, and then it trails off because of the bad job I did printing.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, let's see here moving on a man named Bustos Adrian comments quote you hate organized sports because you might get yelled at ha 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 sticks and stones my friends Um, he goes on to say uh, by the way you're such a blank or troll for even writing this hope your future kids get plenty of participation trophies for your sake Uh. Here's a good one from Zach Kish. You clearly don't have passion or an ounce of competition uh, when a coach would yell, I'd be fired up, to uh, fired up, ready to do more, ready to be better, strive for improvement. The grammar here is impeccable, by the way. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not a crybaby blank. I know if a coach is that upset, it's because the team and himself failed, and that's not okay. Uh, let's see here. Ronnie Adams just says, quote, you are soft. Uh, Ben Courtney says, quote, unfortunately, we always have a kid on the team like this. Gets yelled at because he's hot trash on a humid July afternoon. Does that make him want to be a better person? No, he can't understand what everyone's problem is. Um, Justin Sonnier says in response to uh, Andrew, quote, that's probably why you sucked.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, we don't even know... Exactly. What... Who... This kid is. Corey Foster <laughs>
0: says, Andrew is the guy who would have gone pro if his middle school coach hadn't cut him from the team. Um, let's see. And Andrew comes back and says a couple of good things here. Um... If I could go back in time, I would still appreciate all the discipline I obtained from playing sports, but I would rather want a coach who can lead by example. That's yeah. a that's a good comment from Andrew. Uh, another one is, um, he asks, I'm not sure why my opinion would mean I've been a mol- molested by a coach in my past. That's a fair point to some of the responses. Um, and why would it be funny if I was upset about being molested? Okay, now we're getting into a, a deeper, darker hole. Mm-hmm um Tyler Moore says quote how's playing for JV treating you um Zach Ball says laugh out loud he said it wouldn't feel good if he yelled at me laugh out loud that sounds like something my four-year-old niece says um to which Andrew says quote so that's how you talk to your four-year-old niece (laughs) um ouch yeah Uh, Nelson Gines says in response, quote, you obviously never been coached. Put your ego to the side. It's called growing up, kid. Uh, Ryan Kolb says some people have delicate sensitivities, I guess. Uh, Seth Klein says, quote, you're so soft. Let me guess. You're an ice skater now. Wow. Now here's a good one. Devin Hilburn says, quote, Yeah, dude, some of these guys are trying to spend the rest of their lives playing this game. If you can't listen to simple commands, you wouldn't last a day in the big leagues. You know what my response to that is? The big leagues are soft, especially in baseball. Let's take a look at what just happened with the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees just fired a manager who got them one game from the World Series. Why? Because they wanted someone who was going to be nicer to the players. Amazing." <laughs> it's like it's like the softness is in the pros now. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Um, Dustin J. Wood says Andrew Oliver sound like you never played. Sounds like you never played a down or an inning in your life. And if you did, you must not have been worth a blank. Um, Jamie Lukowitz says, "Quote: You're a blank. It's that simple." You probably still have your last place trophies hanging in your living room. Happy St. Paddy's Day, Buttercup. Uh, let's see here. Da-da-da. Stephen Dye says, quote, My coach used to grab us by the face mask and look us dead in the eyes when we were messing up. He let us know what was up. He also was the best blank coach I've ever seen, and we got all and uh, and we
1: all respect the heck out of you him. You know what? That's a bunch of nonsense. hmm If a coach grabs you by the face mask, that's assault. That's assault, yep. (laughs) That's not the best coach you've ever had. Uh, Juan Rodriguez says, quote, Oh,
0: you poor snowflake, go run to your mommy now. Uh, Let's see here. Keith Sanders says, uh, I had high school coaches chew us out and say worse than what's in this video, and I'd run through a brick wall for them. Uh, Cal Stank says, That's why you and your sons will never play for an amazing program like Texas. You don't have what it takes mentally. Uh, Austin Mansker says, quote, I've never read a more blank made comment in my life. Um, Okay, here's a good one. Jody Elmore Larson says, uh, is talking about how they're getting paid through their scholarships. And says, quote, since you hate organized sports, you have never known the heart of a great coach. I got news for you, Jody. Great coaches don't act this way.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, Let's see here. Colton, and has a last name that I can't pronounce, says, quote, college athletics is different than high school. It is not a place for safe zones or blanks. I've played college ball for four years, and a true competitor is going to play better after seeing someone that they respect get that upset. You can't be okay with losing.
1: That pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No no place for safe zones. Exactly. That really is... Uh,
0: Brian Sanders says, this is the best collegiate baseball coach of all time. He can say whatever he wants. No, he can't. Can't say fire in a crowded movie house, can you? (laughs) Um... Austin Mansker says, uh, people who didn't play don't get it. He was a breeze. Uh, J.D. Jazz says, you clearly don't understand. I bet you think everyone gets a trophy. Huh. Coaches like this push and pull the best out of every athlete on the team. Uh, College baseball is real deal, next level to MLB. College coaches get paid good money to run a program. Failure is not allowed or should, should be condoned. Really? Okay. Uh, Terrence Treffery says, quote, you should play with dolls then. Uh, now here's a good one. Jeremy uh, Slate Smith actually says something of, of substance where he says, actually, not every kid on that team is getting a free ride. Baseball only gets 11.4 scholarships, I believe, at the D1 level. Some of those kids are there and paying out of their own pocket. Sean Shelton says, I've been on the receiving end of this a few times and they made me better. Uh, Javier Perez says Andrew Oliver got his feelings hurt Tracy Eskridge says you're probably one of those that thinks everyone should get uh, should get to play regardless if they aren't any good and mess up their team's chances to win Uh, we've all heard about the participation trophy stuff Um, Bill Freeman says really maybe you just blanked at sports uh, and your mommy washed your blank so you don't have a clue what life is about what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Uh, Casey Smith says, that's why you rode the bench. Uh, Let's see. uh, Tevin Brown says, I take it you weren't very good. I'm sorry. Uh, Corey Marrera says, that's because you're a big blanking baby. Uh, Mike Yacco says, go to your safe place and cry blank. Uh, Kenneth Snuffer says, go clean your blank and play Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Now that's offensive. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because you play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That's offensive.
0: Um, oh, here's a good one. Anthony Long says, I got yelled at by my coach when I played in Little League when I was 11. Guess what? It made me a better player. At 11? (laughs) Really? Okay. Uh, And he goes on to say, I even got yelled at by my martial arts teacher when she trained me for my black belt. Guess what? I got it six months later. Okay. Trevor Weasley says, stick to your Fortnite game. Uh, Wayne Tooker says, quote, go grab a Tide Pod. Us men are talking, snowflake. Uh, that, this one, I can't even say on the podcast because of how vulgar it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Johnny Flores, the fourth says you probably sat the bench. Make sure to pick up your purse when you leave. Um, here, I'm going to hand this one to you. Read the top one to yourself that I highlighted because I can't say that on the podcast. Uh, let's see here. Terrence Williams says, oh, I'm sorry you didn't get a lollipop for participating. Uh, Treg Murphy says, dude, delete this comment. Your thong is showing. Uh Cason Day says, "I'm sorry. Successful coaches don't do a lot of coddling. Once you re- once you reach high school and up, at the very least, telling everyone they did a great job when they gave a half-hearted effort and failed in every possible part of the game is how y- we get a weak, entitled society. Let alone a perpetually losing program. Good coaches shouldn't berate a team every day, but when necessary, need to be able to light a fire." I hope everyone is is having a good laugh at this. This is
1: end. I'm I'm well. Here's the thing, if I may. If I may interrupt for a please, second. Please please do so. You know what are the what are the two thousand comments? Twenty eight hundred when I printed this. You have to still realize though that these people are still in the minority. You know, it it, it, it is we're hearing the worst of humanity right now. Right. You know, um If there's any silver lining to this, because for every person that says has negative comments, there are two people that'll, you know, that'll have something positive to say. And um, to add my two cents to this, please do. um, One of the reasons I quit baseball and I told you this story Mm -hmm. was because my coach was a jerk he would he would coach us during the game yell at us from the dugout yell at us when we were back in on the bench he would say four-letter words he would be just a miserable person and i quit because of that it didn't make me better it maybe it made me disenfranchised yeah. from the sport so I, would, I respond more to a coach who is disappointed than a coach who flames off at the mouth. And I think the responses that this guy Andrew is getting from these people, uh, the people who are responding to him, I think have had very terrible experiences in their life. And are, are kind of taking it out, are trolling, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for lack of a better word, are trolling this kid because they had a bad experience. Could be. And it's not, you know, not, not, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, probably presumptuous of me to say, but I mean, even if it's not in, in, in sport, maybe it was in something else. Whether they were in another club or activity or something that happened to them, uh, you know, at their job or something that they're going through, you know, with their family or something that they're just taking it out on this, on this guy, they're misplacing their anger. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: You know, and uh, you kind of have to feel. I mean, for as ridiculous as these comments sound, you kind of have to take them with a, and it's hard to do this. You kind of have to take them with a grain of salt. You can't, you know, you and you. You almost feel sorry for these people. Oh, yeah, you do. You absolutely. You, do. You have to. You, you. I mean, to have any sense of humanity, you have. You have to feel sorry for these people to mm-hmm. some extent. Like you must have had. a... You, what miserable existence have you had?
0: That this to is take the, way the you, you, to you take respond.
1: the time to to troll this 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 person who. It's not 100% saintly. No. Okay? None of us I are. Mean, none of us are, but it just, it, it, you just have to feel sorry. For
0: I'd these like people. to read a few more.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Go Chris, ahead. Chris yeah.
0: LeCurse says, wow, need a place to hide? This is how it should be. Sugarcoating doesn't work. Go ask any major league or pro football or hockey player and ask them if they ever were told with sensitivity when they were wrong. Again, grammar.
1: Um,
0: Bradley Fisher says, so don't play organized sports. Go big. build a Lego ca- castle or something.
1: Which is pretty cool. So yeah. um, I don't know what that guy's talking Read about. Read the top one
0: there, similar to the last one I handed you. Now, here's one. This is a good one, actually. This is from a man named Philip Blue. This apparently was someone who played for Augie. And he says, Augie was a great coach, but not a great person. I doubt that Tom Landry, Tom Osborne, or Tony Dungy ever needed to, quote, light a fire like Augie did. Hmm. Those men left legacies. Augie did not. Hmm. Now, are you ready for this one? This response from... Uh, Louis Pazdan this response is so short and so ridiculous and I'm ta- I'm not ta- I'm not endorsing one thing or another I just want just want you to hear it in response to Andrew he says quote I bet you are a liberal because that has everything to do with it <sighs> oh man uh. Eric Stransky says, then stay home and watch the view. Uh, Let's see here. Andrew Oliver has a response here. Um, It doesn't mean I need to hear the coach screaming his head off after a game. All I'm saying is I think there are appropriate times to act this way, and I don't think this is one of them. I
1: don't really think it's ever appropriate to act that way. Probably, yeah.
0: But... I, you see okay. what you know what he's saying. Yeah. Craig Morgan says, and this is what's wrong with our culture. Um, uh, let's see; those are all not mean enough, as I say huh. that tongue in cheek.
1: Um. It. Ju- yeah. It just seems like this is. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. This is just insane.
0: AJ Oyerbide says Andrew Oliver, you wouldn't last a day in the military or prison.
1: So you're now you're equating sports with being in the military and being in prison. Apparently, as that as that's that's exact. So he's actually doing more harm to his cause yep. than good.
0: Adam Paul says, "I understand not liking it as a kid, but if you can't understand it as an adult and what your coach was trying to do, I'm guessing you're a liberal."
1: Again with the politics. Yeah.
0: Um. Let's see here. These are. Uh, da, 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 da. Here's a man who just wants to say that religion is man-made. Okay. Eric Frank says, "Yeah, you probably voted for Hillary too." Uh, Trevor Cacciatore says, uh, "Damn, you must have sucked at sports and sat on the bench to cry a lot."
1: Can we remind our listeners what these responses are to? Sure. Since we've been <laughs> since like we've it? been at this for in a, for was- twenty.
0: You want me to just tell you what Andrew said yeah okay so Andrew Oliver the first person to comment on this video says this is why I hate organized sports reminds me of when I played basketball in high school I have very little respect for all the yelling then the blank says quote I totally failed you guys end quote while yelling at them as if it's their fault
1: okay I think we need to reference that a few times I, if we're fair. gonna if we're gonna that's be doing fair. all these responses yep.
0: uh, oh here's a good one this is yeah. actually has some has some uh, Has some merit to it. Don Terry says, "Yeah, they're getting a free education from a college where tuition is six figures, but sure, let's treat them like they're in first
1: grade." Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Does my sigh say it all? (laughs) Uh, Let's see here.
0: Uh, Matt Scott says, yeah, nowadays they just give everyone a trophy and say, good try. This is what we call the blankification of America. Uh, Ken McCullough says, wow, I bet your mommy thinks you are a special little angel, huh? Uh, Let's see here. Christopher Gross says, Andrew, stick to being a blank. It's what you do best. Ruben Razzo Jr. says, dude, that's straight compassion and real love for the sport. Respect has nothing to do with the no. sport. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Sterling Nielsen says, Andrew Oliver, it's also the same reason you'll continue to go through life being a mama's boy blank. Welcome to the realities of life, bro. Um, Harry O'Reilly says, Andrew Oliver, you're a scrub. Finally, we got... Um, someone like Bart Bauer to say, this is not what coaching is about. Uh, Sam Sneed says, Andrew Oliver, you need a tissue. Are you that sensitive? Those players won because of that coach. Baseball is war too. It's more than a game. Oh, here we go. Yep. I just stopped reading after that. (laughs)
1: Um, And you know, uh, the coach who went on this tirade um, said, "This is no longer a game. Yeah, this is this is this mm-hmm. is more than a game, and that and that that's the point at which you lose me. And here's yeah. the
0: one where I begin to start taking offense, as if I hadn't already. Yeah. Sean Barker says it's why there are so many people living at home still you can't cut it."
1: Because there's a correlation, you know, not student loans no. or, or, or you know low wages, yeah, no. or or taking care of injured people, or right. Uh, let's see here.
0: Manny Custodio says, "Oh man, you were that kid, rode the bench, had your parent complain to the director. Come on, bro. Sometimes motivation goes a long way, and that, my friend, was motivation." Uh, John Carter just says, "Tide Pod candidate." Uh Okay, Jeremy Apollo says, be honest, you hate sports because you were the kid picked last for dodgeball. Go play with your sister's Barbie dolls, little boy. Okay, Jordan Hansen says, if you want to play, just go play, Uh, just to play, just join a church group. Um... Jordan Duffy says you should go fill a bed of cotton and soap bubbles and rest your poor little head on a nice pillow. You might wake up feeling okay, I promise.
1: Sounds pretty good to me, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean, like, half the things these people are suggesting actually sound pretty great. <laughs> uh, Chris uh, Oleksovich...
0: Oleksovich says, this is what sports is all about. If you don't have any passion or drive to play the game and can't handle the criticism, then you shouldn't be out on the field. The world is not a nice place. It's unforgiving. Chew you up and spit you out. Sports are an excellent way to prepare for real-world situations. Nobody made you go try out for that team.
1: Yeah, tell that to a military veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Rafael uh,
0: Cifuentes says, quote, Your comment is disturbing. Well, at least he was nice about it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. William Bass Jr. says, I mean, we can all see that. I mean, look at your profile picture. You could tell you're soft, probably liberal. To definitely look liberal, you dork types are stereotypically easy. I'm sure you wouldn't want to get yelled at and get a, participate, uh, get a trophy at the end of that one. LOL. I didn't even understand that. I don't, I don't. Uh, Adam Jenkins says, go hug your mommy, Snowflake. Uh, let's see here. Matt Reagan says, Andrew Oliver, now nah, they would all beat your blank because you don't deserve anyone's respect. Craig Lowe says, Andrew, that's why you need to play at the YMCA, you blank stick. Um, Wesley Carmel says, um, or I'm sorry, Wesley Carmel Alley Crunk, and you probably sucked, were bullied, wore panties, and were a loser. Hope you turned out all right in life, Cupcake. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, man. Yeah, let's see here. Um... Chase Frazier says, sports crybabies make me laugh. If you're bad at sports, you whine over this. If you've become decent over the years, you understand these things. Go cry to mommy, fill out a hurt feelings report, and head to your bubble-wrapped existence. Uh, Rob Stacy says, sounds like you were picked last in kickball. Uh, Rich Macy says, go shave your legs, Andy. What a wimp. A lot of these, I've, I've realized that we've heard them before because they're just
1: rehashing everything. they um, are probably looking at the previous comments. Yeah, I know, right? For inspiration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Creativity, <laughs> along yeah. with grammar. Yeah, they're plagiarizing yeah. other...
0: <laughs> we should file lawsuits for these people. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, we're smart. How much money would we make from that? Um, $10. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, let's see... Okay, Glenn Raymond says, Andrew, your mommy called and said she warmed your favorite blankie up so you can take your nappy poo now.
1: Again, that sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to take a nap. A nappy poo. A nappy poo. Yes.
0: Uh, Let's see here. Dustin Wellendorf just says to Andrew Oliver, Dear God, you are weak. Um. George Lynch says, quote, it's not war, it's a game, end quote. This statement is why your athletic career ended in high school.
1: Um. We're almost at the end. Oh, two pages left. (laughs) I was just going to say, this is... uh... You want me to read a couple of them, but it's almost we're almost done. We should have taken turns I know
0: <laughs> the very last one just says from Jason Christopher Henderson, Andrew needs his safe space blank and you can fill in all the blanks with all the the naughty words yeah. you can think of.
1: well, you know I think i I personally think we should actually I think we should actually end with this okay. Because this, this, what you did just now took up a lot of time. <laughs> no, no, but but listen, I think it's this is this is really important to bring home the fact that you went out of your way to do this. Um, you took the time mm-hmm. to read the, all of these comments for a reason, and the reason I like to extrapolate from all this is that you have one person speak out against this kind of behavior. Right. And you're in a way whistleblowing, um, in a good way, right. In a very, in a very positive way. Um, and you're bringing to light. All these people who have just been who have just in my in, in, in really no other way for me to put this, but who must have had at one point in their life a miserable existence some sort of trauma or something I mean psychologically yeah. these people are are screwed yeah um, either that or they've got nothing else better to do. Then to take the time to respond, almost to the point where it sounds like it's it's like, you know, it's like it's like it's like the twenty fifth season of The Simpsons, right. you know, where they're rehashing old plots mm-hmm. because they've got nothing else to say, right? And it's to although me, no
0: one in here fell in love
1: with a pig like Homer did. Okay, that's so, true. Yeah. Okay. But to me, that the, these responses are a call for help. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: um, can you imagine if we messaged every one of these people who said something nasty and, and we gave them like the name and a number of a therapist?
1: I mean, I it would that would speak volumes. Yeah. But I think it's I think um, you know doing something like this was sort of therapeutic in a way because I mean, it's something that I think it's something that needed to be read. I think it's something that needed to be, you know, as time consuming as it was and as time consuming as our listeners, uh, think it would be. I think it's really kind of, I think it's really kind of necessary once in a while to sort of bring to light how, how, uh, ungratuitously nasty people can be. Yeah. Um, and uh just goes to show you in itself how unsportsmanlike, um <laughs> well, like I say, it goes beyond sports at this point. I mean, this isn't even about I mean, this is just about being, this is um, just about being not, mean. Not a jerk. Yeah. I mean, just being just just re- just evaluating what these people are saying.
0: All these people who are saying the real world is not like that, get over it, blah, 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 blah. The real world's not like that because you people make it that way right and you have the ability to change that you have the ability the conscious ability to say I'm not gonna do that today right I'm not gonna I'm gonna try and make the world a little bit better by not acting that way right you, you might not change the world in a day but you might change your life in a day you might brighten
1: someone else's day <laughs> all these pages being blank mm-hmm. for example yep. Is the right thing to do. Yeah. In other words, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Don't say it at all. <laughs> you know. Again, this goes beyond sports.
0: You're absolutely right. You know,
1: if you, if there's you don't have anything nice to say, there's no point in bringing it up. Like you know, think of it. Is it if you what you're saying is it is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it nice? You know, think of think of these things. Think of these. You know. Filters in your head. Oh, let me let me put these through my my mental filters, which
0: most men don't have until at least the age of thirty. By the way, right? Just so you know, disclaimer. Well, yeah, you know,
1: but the men or or women. Yep, women. I I, I, I mean, people. Yep. Yep. I mean, anyone. We all make look. We all make mistakes. The point is, how do we recover from it? Mm -hmm. It's not the mistake; it's the recovery, right? You know, and uh, it's the
0: ability to see it from the other person's perspective to empathize and to say, at the very least, you know what, although I may not agree with you or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatnot, it's, you know, at least I can respect you enough to say I apologize or, right. you know, some some
1: permutation thereof. And everyone has a story. Mm-hmm. So don't just assume that you're you're going to fall in, everyone falls into a cookie cutter because we don't know about the athletes on that team now. We don't know, what if, what, if, what if one of them had, I mean, you could really screw a person up for life. To, to Not
0: to go on a corollary while we're trying to wrap it up, but I did omit reading a couple of the comments in there that mentioned references to Jerry Sandusky. So, hmm. I mean, obviously that name was being thrown around as an insult, um, as a way of... Um, trying to make some sort of grotesque and illogical point probably but there is trauma that that arises like that yeah you know there there's there there there's a significant problem we'll just leave it at that yeah you know i don't know how i mean we can hash this however many times we want we're coming to the same conclusion
1: but our goal here as an organization for what we stand for is to educate people mm-hmm. and to make them aware. That's why this what that's why we did this. Right. To make people aware that, and just to make people think twice about what they're saying and what they're doing. And 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 to just say am I doing if is what I'm doing contributing to society or taking away from it.
0: And I'll tell you what you helped me realize today that I probably could have pulled all this stuff up on the iPad and not print eighty pages out. See? See? So even I, Even I learned something Say today.
1: <laughs> that the book can also so be,
0: be a hat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's, uh, let's end on a positive yeah. note. Yeah, man. The hat, that was the book is the hat. Yeah, <laughs> that was draining. Oh, man.
0: As a reminder to all of our listeners, mm-hmm. make sure you get in touch with the show. You can email us at podcast at foundation.org. facebook.com slash osipfoundation, or Twitter is at osipfoundation with the hashtag howyouplaythegame. Mm-hmm. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it, give us a review and plenty of stars so that others can find out about it. It's not just for our egos, it's we want to spread the wealth and your reviews and, and positive comments help. That um, if anyone would like to advertise on this program, email us at podcast at osifoundation and uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this talk as much as we have. Yeah. Um, so um, until next time, later this month, I hope first of all I hope that everybody enjoys the start of baseball season, that the weather warms up where you are, and there's no more snow. Right. And above all, make sure you treat each other with respect. How you play the game is a production of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit OSIPFoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at dot org